Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and we are jumping the gun on ourselves. We we were planning on talking tomorrow, but there was uh, a serious text exchange that started with, started with a, a very strong idea from Matt, which was, since we started college at ASU, who are the top quarterbacks, and can we rank them all? Um, there are some ground rules, uh, Matt, first guys had to have started a minimum of five games. I think we said, I I mean, uh, you know, like I said, uh, as we were texting, I think we determined that the least amount of starts is, is eight among the guys we're going to consider, but I think five's a a solid number. There's, there's three guys who've started one or two games. Uh, I believe Brady White and Dylan Sterling Cole started one each and then Samson Zakachi started two. It's just, uh, to me, too hard, especially Brady White and, and Sterling Cole. I mean, their careers are still ongoing. White's has done at ASU, but he's still in college. Uh, too hard to judge on that small of a sample. So I figured we'd go with the guys who were full-time starters for uh, uh, an extended period, if not a full season. So with that, the guys who we, we're starting with, uh, Andrew Walter. And it's Andrew Walter, Sam Keller, Rudy Carpenter, Danny Sullivan, Stephen Three, Brock Osweiler, Taylor Kelly, Mike Berkovicki, and Manny Wilkins. Yes. And I think, like we discussed, um, with Manny's career still ongoing, we have to we have to judge it based on a presumption that he will not play any more games. Now we know he will, but we don't know where that's going. So his placement may go up or down in both of our minds uh, after next year. Um, could have a chance to move up, could have a chance to move down, but I say we judge it based on his career is concluded right now because projecting next year is just too hard. By that same token, with Andrew Walter, we are going to go with his full ASU career. Um, not- I think we have to. He had, he had three years as a starter. He, we only got to see one of them while students here, but to judge him in light of everyone else, I think we... We, to be fair, we have to consider his entire run. Yeah, and so with that, let's let's get into it. Um, let's wade into it, yes. The so we're we're looking at two things here. We're looking at historical career rankings, but also the single um, the the single game one off. Who do you want? Sure, sure, and 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 that. Um, for me, it's kind of uh, like I said to you in, in text. It's a bit of a tiebreaker for me because I, to me, I think, and as we go, we'll see if you're on the same page. To me, there's kind of tiers here. There's guys at the top. There's guys in the middle. There's guys at the bottom, and it's hard to separate those guys in those tiers. So it kind of comes down to a feel thing for me. Who do I think is the better player? Um, you know, it's hard to back up with data. More so, just intuition. So that leads me to the bottom. I think the bottom is where to start. I think the yeah. bottom is important. Um, my my bottom is Stephen Three. Yeah. Okay. See, we're already different. Is yours Danny? My man is Danny Sullivan, and that's that's not to be harsh to Danny Sullivan. I mean, you know, I just think Danny Sullivan. 
of, of all the nine, he was the one that really had no business being a starting quarterback in the Pac-10, now Pac-12. Um, you know, he, he uh, you look at his career, he was brought in basically as an afterthought. Um, you know, we did not recruit well after him in the, you know, years after. One of those names we mentioned already was Samson Sakachi, Jason Stengel, Jack Elway. They didn't work out at all. And so we were left in 2009 without many options aside from Danny. And it thrust him into a role that he should not have ever been in, but he just simply wasn't good enough to me. I mean, he, he just, like I said, I, I just don't think he was very good. To me, this is the only placement that was like an obvious one. Um, I, I can't argue for anybody else uh, behind Danny, but you're going to, so argue it. So here's my take on it. Part of this, I have to say, comes from a bias. I saw one game in each of their careers. <laughs> yes, and, uh, and three, I believe through like four picks and four possessions in the second half of a very winnable game. Yeah, so that that colors my Steven yes. three take. Yes. Um, and Danny had the uh, the Hail Mary to McGahey. He did. I'll be it against an awful team. Like we we should remember, Washington was terrible, um, and and you know we had to win on a last play hail mary because we weren't very good either. And look, I you know I'm not going to suggest that we were a good team under Danny. We went four and eight, but well, we weren't, and that wasn't all on him. I mean, it, you know, like I don't want to blame him for that whole season. They had a lot of problems, poorly coached, etc. But, yeah, to me, he, he wasn't good enough to make up for any of those problems. Uh, on the flip side, you know, I think that the the three era is also colored by the anti-Brock sentiment. And, yeah. And, and yeah. Part, of, part of the knock I have, maybe it's not fair to Stephen Threat, but Danny should have been the starter on the team he was the starter for. And yeah. Stephen Threat should not have been the starter. Well, and it's funny you say that because I've always felt Danny was the starter that year in part because I think Dennis Erickson recruited Stephen Three with the wink, wink, you're going to be the starter in 2010. He was sitting out 09, and he did not want to give Brock Osweiler the opportunity to establish himself. And so, I mean, and this sounds, you know, almost tinfoil haddish, but, I, you know, we've talked about it many times. I believe Brock was sacrificed to start that Oregon game knowing we had zero chance to go up there and win. Um, and that he would look like a freshman who was, you know, out of his league, which he was, uh, and he didn't get any more starts the rest of that year. He got hurt, and that's when we went to Samson for a game, and then Danny got the job back, and, I mean, it was a mess by the end of that year. But I feel like Freet, in some ways, is the reason that Sullivan was the starter that year. And and there's something to that. Um, but I don't know. I the, I mean, I, I don't have three that high. I, I, I don't want to argue that, I, you know, three is, is, you know, in my top one or two by any means. Uh, the thing for three, and, and it's a similar point I'd make with Sam Keller, is how close, you know, you look back, they only, they only start, each of them started, I think, 10 or less games. And boy, a couple of little things. I mean, three was an extra point away, but a made extra point from probably beating USC on the road and potentially beating Wisconsin on the road. We lost both of those games by one point. One, we had a blocked extra point that would have tied the game late, the Wisconsin game, the USC game, blocked extra point that gets returned for two and we lose by one point. I mean, uh, you know, and, and 
that had nothing to do with him. I mean, he, he made plays enough to win both of those games and just didn't quite have the rest of the team around him to do it. Fair. All right. So this is where it gets interesting for me. Do you, well, let me ask you this. Do you have three at eight? Well, I think at eight, I have to put Sam Keller because of the disappointment of, of what his career could have been. And that's a little bit maybe unfair, but, um, you know, it was so close, man. I mean, so you talk about a guy who was on the verge of being a rock star, the win in the Sun Bowl, um, the game he had against LSU. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the numbers, his stats, but they jump off the page even still. Even in today's game where guys throw for 400 yards routinely, he threw for like 450 and four touchdowns in that game. We should have won that game. And really through no fault of his own, we didn't. Um, but then the meltdown against USC, five interceptions, the injury, and then, of course, you know, if you followed ASU, you know the story of, you know, the winning the job, losing the job the next day in 06 because of reports of, you know, that he was a, a drug user, um, which were probably accurate reports. Uh, so I have him at eight because I just I almost feel like he let us down. He could have been so much better. And, and I hold that against him a little bit. Now, if you ask me all things equal for one game, Sam Keller might be in my top two or three. He was good. But his career just didn't measure up. For me, the end was obviously terrible for him. Yeah. But I look at his junior year numbers, and in eight games, he threw 20 touchdowns to nine (laughs) picks and threw for 2,100 yards. And three in his one game, in his season, played in 11 games, got only to 2,500 yards. And yeah. had 16 picks to 18 touchdowns. True, true. I, you know, no, no doubt. I mean, I, I could probably be persuaded to put three to eight, um, and maybe I should. Uh, you know, again, this is this is to me is is for me four and four through eight. I could probably put them in any order, and I would. You know, one day I might say Keller's eight. One day I might have him at four and five, and I don't think there's that much difference. Um, so, yeah, I would probably go I, – I can probably see your point. Now, I, I would say, you know, Keller played in a more passer-friendly offense than Threat did. Uh, was, you know, had a, had a better offensive coach. Dirk wasn't the greatest head coach, but certainly was a good offensive coach than, you know, what Threat had the opportunity to. Um, it's tough. I mean, to me, again, the, the, the trademark of both of them was the close but not quite – the losses that should have been wins. For Keller, it was the LSU and the USC games. For three, it was the USC and the Wisconsin games. If those two were, if those guys win those games, we feel so much different about them. And where do their careers go from there? But they didn't win those games, and so it's you know you have to evaluate it based on what they were. All right. Well, so you've got. Let's say I'll go three, I'll go three to eight. Uh, you 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 talked me into it. Uh, he was a turnover machine. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, you know, Keller's numbers at the end are colored by injury. He got hurt in the Oregon game and played in the last two games when he was injured with a bad hand. Um, and his numbers were bad in those two games. So I'll go three, eight, and Keller seven. I, okay. I, I'm, we're, we're similar. Did you, see, here's where my, here's where I think we're, we might have a big dispute. Mm-hmm. I had a hard choice here. Between 
seven, and six. Okay. Because I go three Sullivan, and then I'm I struggled between Keller and Burko. And I have Burko six. And, and, um, and I, give, I, I give I have Burko six too. Yeah. And the reason why I have him sixth is I, I go to their relief appearances. Yes. Keller had the bowl game. The bowl game was yeah. wonderful. But Burko kept that 2014 team afloat his yeah. junior year. Yeah, he did. And I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, Burko's one season as the full-time starter was one of the more disappointing years we've had because that team had so many high expectations, probably unreasonably high, uh, you know, looking back. But um, And to go 6-6 six and six and lose the bowl game, you know. But he did play a key role in that year before where we won 10 games. He kept the season afloat. He had the, you know, the iconic moments of the Hail Mary, exactly. Um, the win over Stanford where he played, you know, very well, played like, you know, just under control, good football. Uh, almost let it come back against Arizona that year when Taylor Kelly probably came back too soon. And, you know, well, as we get to Taylor Kelly, uh, you know, probably was still injured, shouldn't have played as much as he did in 2014. Um, but Burko was very good in that role. Now, he wasn't as good as a full-time starter. Um so he falls down a bit. I, I think, you know, going into 2015, the hope was he'd be great. He wasn't. Um, but, yeah, his his role there, and it's similar for me with Brock, you know, who, who we're getting to. Um, you know, Brock had kind of the same thing. Brock had one full season, went 6-6, six and six, but that pinch hit role at the end of the 2010 season when he led the, you know, the comeback against UCLA when three got hurt and then the win at Arizona, even though he didn't play very well in that game, you know, he, he gets the credit for that win. So that those kind of put those two guys over the top because they have that kind of that, you know, off the bench role in addition to their one year as a starter. All right. So I got Burko six. You've got Burko. I got Burko six. Yeah. I think at this point, we need to run through the next five and then discuss them because I think that there's a lot of interplay and interrelationships. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you five to one for me. Okay. And then I will defend where I think there are issues. Okay. I've got Manny five, Brock four, which I'm willing to entertain debate on flipping those. Okay. And then I go career now. Yes. Walter Carpenter Kelly. All right. Well, we're in the same general stratosphere. I, I flipped the four and five. I have Brock five and Manny four. Um, and I'll tell you why as, as we get to that. Um, and then I go Rudy three, Walter two, Kelly one. So we both have Taylor Kelly. That's good. That's you know. yeah, and that one was tough for me. Uh, I mean, that I you know in in our texting prior to talking about this, I said you know I kind of go back and forth. And on a neutral level, I think Andrew Walters a better quarterback. You know, I mean, if you, if you said I got to start a team, I don't have anything else yet. I got to start with a quarterback. I'm taking Andrew Walter because I think he's just a more traditional quarterback and can do more of what you need from a quarterback, but. Taylor Kelly had a more accomplished career. It's just, there's, it's hard for me to argue against. Um, you know, Andrew Walter didn't sniff a Pac-10 title. And Taylor Kelly got to the Pac-12 title game, and that year they had the best record of the Pac-12. In the, in the old format, they would have won the Pac-12. You know, things changed. We had to play the title game, and we lost. But he got closer than Walter ever did. Um, and then had another 10-win season. 
So, yeah, it's hard for me to argue against Taylor Kelly. He never had a bad year. Rudy had two bad years. Taylor Kelly really didn't have one. Andrew Walter. The other thing about Walter versus Kelly, or or Rudy against Kelly. Yeah. Taylor Kelly is up. You know, in the I think he's third behind Walter and Carpenter in all time passing yards, and yeah, you know, I think he might be third behind them in touchdowns as well. Um, and, I, and I think he's he's first. Well, he's not first. Danny White's first, but the top three in wins, I believe, as a starter. I mean, he had he had eight his first year, ten his second year. And then of that ten win season, he had eight of the of the ten in twenty fourteen. So that gives him twenty six wins. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's more than Walter had. That's more than Rudy had. I think. And Rudy was a three and a half year starter. The reason, though, why I think you you know you put Kelly ahead, besides the intangible leadership qualities, which you know yeah. you can't really factor in. No, he rushed in his career for fourteen hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he, that's that's the tricky part about comparing him to Walter is they were both in offenses that were fits for them. I mean, Andrew Walter could not run the offense Taylor Kelly ran, and Taylor Kelly couldn't run the offense Walter ran. So it's it's hard to compare them in some ways because they they had they just had different job requirements. True. Um, I would. But you're right. I mean, the rushing ability was a big factor for him, and that was a big part of our offense with him. Yeah, I mean, he had. That that 2013 season, he had 28 touchdowns to 12 picks, but then he rushed for nine more touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, and and, yeah, and for mean, and for Kelly, let's not forget that in 2014, before his injury, he was rolling. He was off to a great start. He was, yeah, and and again, I mean, I, I mentioned it. I think he came back too soon. That rushing ability was was not there when he came back. You know, we found out later, you know, before the bowl game, we heard, well, you know, he hadn't been able to lift weights. Like, well, man, why was he back playing that? I mean, he, he wasn't the same player. Now, he, he had that Notre Dame win in that stretch, which was kind of a, a signature win for him, but just didn't play as well. I mean, we had that Oregon State loss. He didn't play well in Tucson when we lost that game. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a tough way for him to end his career, even though he had a good season. He wasn't at his best. 2013 was was his best year, and uh, but again, even though you know the other years, he didn't have a bad year. No. Rudy had a bad year in 2008. Andrew Walter had a bad year in 2003. Taylor Kelly never had a, an egg year. I mean, he he all three of his years as starter we were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, going through his numbers, he had he was 29 TDs to nine picks in his first year, 28 and 12, and then 22 and five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and we talked about Taylor Kelly a lot, uh, you know, and, and have continued to, you know, in comparing him to others. Taylor Kelly was the guy who you'd watch the game and you'd think, he's not really having that good of a game. And at the end of the game, we'd win, and he'd have thrown for 320 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions, and you'd think, well, I guess he had a pretty good game. That was just how he was. He didn't, he didn't, it wasn't a beautiful thing watching him, but he would make plays and we'd win a lot with him. And, and that's something you really struggle to say about anybody else, that consistently we won. I mean, uh, you know, Rudy had a great year in 07. We went 10-2. and two, But then 08 was a real big letdown. Talk about 15 being a disappointing year. 08 was equally as disappointing. Um, you know, and, and Andrew Walter, I mean, he didn't have a very good team around him. We played zero defense back then. Um, but still, it's you know, he was good, but we never won big with Andrew Walter. The best year we went eight and three, 
in 04, we got blown out by the top two teams in the conference, had zero chance against either one of them. And we lost to Arizona, who wasn't very good. So uh, even that year is kind of hollow. Yeah, I mean, Walter had big numbers that, you know, in 04, he had 30 touchdowns. He had 28 touchdowns in 02. You know, yeah. Missed the bowl in 03, but still had 24 right. touchdown passes and 3,000 yeah. yards passing. Yeah. I mean, Walter, again, if you're taking, you know, a guy to throw the ball above all else, I think you're taking Walter number one. He was the best thrower, uh, you know, as far as, you know, he could drop back, throw it 50 or 60 times and have success. And, and you know, that game against Oregon in 2002, where he set records, you know, for passing yardage in a game. I mean, it, he could, he was prolific, but he never won big, uh, you know, and that, that's probably not all on him. Um, I don't think, again, he was coached all that well. He was offensively, uh, you know, again, I said that Dirk was, Dirk was a good offensive coach. He wasn't a good head coach. Um, so it's hard to compare. I mean, Taylor Kelly probably had the best coaching to play for Norvell's system, to play with Todd Graham. He probably had the advantage of coaching over the other two. So let me, let's play this game, which we hadn't talked about before. But as you were saying this, I, I thought about it. Yeah. Noel Mazzone is your offensive coordinator. Yeah. Who do you want? Well, probably Taylor Kelly. Um, I mean, well, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, it, it's hard with his offense because Brock didn't run a lot. Brock threw it a lot. But yet, in other offenses, he's coached. You know, he's used a running quarterback, what he did at A&M. Yeah. Um, you know, so, right, right. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, that's tough. I mean, I, because I Because you know, I think for some of the other ones, it's easy. I think for... You know, for Dirk's system, it's Walter. He had the biggest arm, and that Absolutely. was what the system yep. was for. For yep. Norvell, it's Taylor Kelly. He, it's Taylor you know, Kelly. He was perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw when Burko had to run that system full-time, it wasn't as smooth. Um, you know, Taylor Kelly was, was a perfect fit. And it's hard to believe, you know, I, we started this conversation with Danny Sullivan, and I said, you know, he was recruited as an afterthought. So was Taylor Kelly. Um but, you know, goes to show you that sometimes guys overachieve. No one expected Taylor Kelly to be a starter here. Um, and he ended up, I think, having the best career of all those guys. Now, if we go back further, you know, he's not the best QB in ASU history. Uh, you know, Jake Plummer and Danny White, you know. But of the guys that we saw, I, I think Kelly wins by a small margin. Again, to me, the top three are easy. And we haven't talked a lot about Rudy. Rudy had a, you know star-crossed career in some ways, up he, and down and up and down. He was the victim uh, I mean, of his own success, I think. He was. He, he was. I mean, Rudy's, Rudy's career was a true roller coaster. 2005, he was a, you know, shooting star. 2006 was a really tough year with all the Keller drama and Dirk getting fired. 07, really good year. Everything was good. We won a lot. A lot of comeback wins. 08 was a disaster. Uh, you know, and, and it, that's the left in your gut is that 08 season you know if he had left after 07 we'd probably think differently about him for what it's worth his 05 numbers in relief of Keller when Keller got hurt 17 touchdowns to two interceptions that was great a 68.4 completion percentage and 2200 yards passing yeah led the led the nation in passer rating now he only you know half the season 
basically as a, as a starter. But yeah, he was great. And there was a lot of high hopes for the rest of his career. And even though seven, we had a great year as a team, he never got back to that level of prolific play. Now, again, that was really prolific. Um, but he wasn't coached very well either, especially the last two years. I mean, that, you know, Rich Olson's offense was awful. Um, and, and, uh, so I, you know, in some ways I don't hold that against him. The offensive line was a disaster. You know, Rudy took up beatings, um, and, and, you know, kept on playing. I mean, that's one thing for Rudy. He was always available. He started every single game of those three years and every game of 05 after Keller got hurt, um, has the longest consecutive start streak in ASU history. I believe at least a quarterback, um, he was good, you know, and, and he's got a mixed legacy, we're probably pushing him down maybe further. I think he belongs in the top three. Well, I to have me, him too. Not I mean, I have him too. No, that's true. You have him too. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you're not. I mean, maybe I should have him higher. But to me, you know, Walter was also a three-year starter and was better. And Kelly was also a three-year starter and was better. That, I mean, that's just what it comes down to for me. Uh, my, my thing is the final year of Rudy really – takes a dive on what yeah. was otherwise a very good career. It was. You it know, was. They, yeah, I mean, they went five and what was it? Five and seven his last year and yeah. they missed the bowl. And he had, he only had 16 touchdown passes to nine picks, but you it know, it was an awful season. I mean, and it was yeah. the year that started with us in the top 25. We started two and oh, we were, you know, on our way to hosting game day in week four against, you know, number one, Georgia, and we lost an OT to UNLV, and that started the slide. We lost six in a row, and, you know, the season was, was just a lost cause at that point. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, just, I mean, I think, I, I think we're on the same page with the top three. To me, you know, there's a clear dividing line there because the other guys either only started one season, basically Brock, Burko, one full season, and a couple other games here and there. Manny's got two years. But Manny hasn't won bit. I mean, he's gotten to one bowl. His best year is seven and five. So again, that's where I say, could Manny move up this list? Sure. With a you know nine or ten win season next year, he gets himself right into that mix. With a four win season next year, he probably moves down the list. Do you think? Okay, one game. You've got a generic team. Okay, you don't have mm-hmm. you have an average offensive line, you have an average receiving core. Yeah. yeah. I would take Taylor Kelly. I just would. I I'd yeah, take him I one. If I, would, I would take him one and Keller two. Yeah, I mean I would be tempted to take Keller because Keller gave you the ability to throw it all over and a little bit of athleticism. He could, you know, if, if especially if you throw in the offensive line's average, which we've had, you know, average or worse a lot of these years. Um, you know, you'd want, you probably wouldn't want Walter because Walter was a statue, basically. You know, I mean, Walter yeah. was a prototypical pocket passer, stand back there and throw at a bunch, and that was it. Uh, Rudy wasn't really a great runner either. I mean, he, again, he took a lot of punishment and stayed in it, but he wasn't a great runner. Keller had, Keller had a little bit of ability to run, and, you know, he didn't do it a lot in that offense, but I think he could have done it. Yeah, I mean, I would, again, if you wanted to say Sam Keller was the most talented of all of them, I don't think you're crazy to say that. But the career just wasn't there. I mean, you know, he he had the talent. He didn't have the production. 
Now, if you had the all-star team, mm-hmm. if you had Harry and Hagen mm-hmm. and Zach and Miller and Jalen Strong, yeah, I think that team you want Walter. You you want probably so. You, I would be tempted to take Brock on that team as well. Um, you know, we didn't we haven't talked about Brock much at all. We we you know we went past the Manny Brock debate. Um, I wanted to rank Brock higher. It was hard for me too because that 2011 team fell apart, and what should have been a really good season with him as the starter, we started six and two, ended six and seven. That wasn't on him to me. I mean, that team quit. They quit defensively. Asante's perfect became a huge distraction. Dennis was getting fired. It was a disastrous end of the year. But that's his only full year, so it's hard for me to argue that he should be higher. And yet, again, somewhat like Keller. If you wanted to say Brock had the most talent, I wouldn't disagree with you either. I mean, he he was really talented, and he and it's not a coincidence that you know, even though he's kind of a punchline for his NFL career, of all these guys, he had the best NFL career. Walter played a little bit. Um, nobody else has even sniffed the NFL. You know, actually playing, starting regular season games. Brock's Brock's had the most success at the pro level. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, I suppose it would be him and Walter for for a loaded team. Yeah, and, and yeah, maybe I mean, if you if you still had just an average offensive line, you'd want Brock because he had at least some pocket mobility. He did, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brock's career, it, it, not in the sense of like Keller and three, but it's it is another one of those kind of what if careers because you know he didn't start as a freshman when I I think both of us feel like he probably should have. Um, you know, he would have struggled but he could have gotten those, taken those lumps and been better for it. Then he only started, you know, the last game, played that UCLA game off the bench, most of it, because three got injured early. But that was all he got as a sophomore. And and then his junior year, you know, he had a pretty good year. The team fell apart. He was supposed to come back for another year, and then we make the coaching change. He leaves early. So his career was kind of one of those, like, you just didn't get to see enough of it. Uh, I mean, he, he had some nice moments, but there wasn't, enough there to really put him up higher like I think he probably could have been well what's really amazing is if you think about it the other way if Brock had stayed and Norvell had built his offense for Brock then you would have expected Berkovicki to beat out Kelly to be the guy yeah yeah I mean who knows that's that's one of those what ifs you know if, if Brock stays for a senior year what happens you know do they build the offense around him or does he not fit and does he, you know, end up getting benched because he's not a good fit? Um, you know, who knows? I mean, there's no way to know that for sure. I think he felt like he wasn't going to fit, and that's why he left. Um, and it was the right move. I mean, regardless of, of uh, you know, yeah, his NFL career hasn't been, uh, you know, all successful, but he was a second-round pick, um, which was higher than any of these guys went. Walter was a third-rounder. Nobody else has even been drafted. He got paid. Um, he got paid. He won a Super Bowl. He got to start, you know, seven games for a Super Bowl champion. They don't win the Super Bowl without him. I will always, as somebody who, you know, is the biggest Peyton Manning fan around, that the role that Brock played that year was huge. They don't get the number one seed without him playing pretty well in those games. Um, and, and then he got paid. Yeah, and he's still getting paid. I mean, you know, so all in all, pretty good career. And it could have been worse. I mean, if he stays and ends up riding the pines because he's not a good fit for that offense, does he get drafted at all? Who knows? You know, I mean, um, so 
he made the right decision, even though it, you know it didn't work out perfectly. It worked out pretty well. Yeah, and it gave the Graham era a clean slate. Which... It did. It did, which was good, you know. And and uh, I don't think he was a good mesh with Graham. I mean, from I don't think he liked him. Uh, you know, I think his initial read on Graham was he didn't have any time for him, um, and he was a big, big, big fan of Noel Mazzoni's. I don't know so much about Erickson, but he loved Noel Mazzoni. And I think, you know, he, he, when, when that was gone, he was gone and it was better off for everybody. Yeah. Probably including Mazzoni. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, so, uh, I mean, it, it, Brock's tough because again, yeah, Brock's one of those guys, much like Keller, where I'd say, you know, boy, if, if their career goes just a little bit differently, we could be talking about a guy who's a, you know, the ASU Hall of Fame kind of guy, you know. I mean, I think Brock was good enough to be that, but it just just didn't work out that way. You know, he had he had a little bit of success, but never the kind of success that I think his talent was capable of. Well, it's part of the issue of it. it's a team sport, and the yeah. talent around Brock was just not it as wasn't very good. good. You know? and it wasn't well coached. I mean, that you know, you you factor that in. Brock played for. Well, I think his first year, freshman year, Olsen was still the offensive coordinator. Um, then we got Mazzoni, I believe. Mazzoni was here for two years, I think, right? Yeah. I don't think Mazzoni coached Sullivan. Yeah. So Mazzoni, uh, Mazzoni recruited Burko. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so so he was there. You know, but but you know, Dennis was just not a very good coach. I mean, he was in his day, but his day was past. Um, and that was not a good coach. I mean, Mazzoni was a decent offensive coach, but the rest of that staff was really bad. And it got worse as the years went along. We lost some good, solid young coaches who wanted to get the hell out of here before it was too late. And we had a bunch of, you know, our offensive staff basically consisted of friends of Dennis or family of Dennis. Uh, and it wasn't good. So, uh, you know, the, the scheme was bad. The defense was, was awful by the end of that year. I mean, I'll never forget the Cal game, the regular season finale, when we made, you know, Zach Maynard look like, uh, you know, Dan Marino. Uh, I mean, he, he carved us up. Um, it was pathetic, the effort that was put forth on defense in that game. So it's hard to blame Brock, but nonetheless, that's the year that he started, so it's hard to give him too much credit as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like we got to a resolution. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we were on the, the same page generally. Which I think makes sense. Uh, I think there are tiers. You know, I think the bottom two yeah. are a tier. I think that the, um, I think that the middle. I, I think Keller's a wild card. Yeah, he is. And and I, and then I think you know the Burko Manny Brock window. Yeah. is the yeah. is the you know what could be oh. or could have been. All those guys are tough. I mean, that that was where, you know, the idea for this came up. Uh, you know, thinking about, yeah, the top guys, but also thinking about, you know, how do you rank Brock because of everything we just said? How do you rank Burko? Some really good moments, some not so good moments. How do you rank Manny? You know, Manny really, you know, hasn't had a, I mean, he, the, the win over Washington was a great win. Bottom line, we only scored 13 points. I mean, that was a defensive win. Um, you know, we beat Arizona. That was cool. You know, he played well, but... You know, I, I had a hard time where to rank Manny because ranking him four almost seems too high. But yet the guys behind him didn't, you know, they only were one year or less starters 
and they didn't really have great years. I mean, none of them went better than six and six in their full year as a starter. So you kind of you kind of put Manny there, but I'm not sure he belongs there. I mean, I have Manny as five. I have him right yeah. smack in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I I went at four, but I, I, is he better than Brock and Burko as a player or Keller? Probably not. I mean, if you do that neutral test that we were just talking about, like you know, you got to pick. I mean, I you know, and I'm and I'm drafting, or we're drafting against each other. Manny probably goes, you know, seven or eight in this draft. Uh, I mean, it, if you and I are picking against each other, and we got to, you know, we're putting something on the line here. I bet Brock goes before. I bet Burko goes before. I bet Keller goes before. All right, we're playing to win a game. Alternating picks to win one yeah. game. Do you want first pick? And, you can have first and pick. We have, we have nothing else. We're, we're, we're building our team from this. We don't know who the coach is, the supporting cast, anything. No, this is the whole thing is going to be built around your guy. My, okay. Then we get our supporting cast after, so we have to just go with the best fit. Yeah. Okay. I'll take first pick, sure, and then you take two, three. We'll, right. go, in, we'll go that. We'll go snake style. I'll go uh, one game. I take. One game, not one franchise. Game. One game. Take Brock Osweiler. Oh, okay. I'm taking. I'm taking Taylor Kelly and Sam Keller. Okay. And then I do. I get four or five. Yeah. All right. I'm taking uh, Walter and Rudy. In that order. Yes. So Rudy winds up going right in the middle. Yes. One game. So you get six, seven. I take eight. We'll leave nine out. We'll go one guy undrafted in order to make this even. All right. Well, Danny's undrafted. I don't I, think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Burko and Manny, but I'm not sure what order I would do it. Okay. You know. Well, ultimately, I guess yeah, yeah. And then I'm left with three. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you, I'm surprised by your Brock pick for one win. I know, and I could be letting my personal bias come in. I like Brock. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, Brock was there when I worked there. I, I, you know, I don't. I'm not going to pretend that he and I are friends. But you know, I I got to know him a little bit. I've seen him since. I like him, so I, I may very well be letting personal, you know, feelings come in there. Um, but I just, I think, I think if you give me, and I, I have to assume, since I'm starting fresh here, I'm going to have good coaches. I'm going to be able to get a decent supporting cast. That Brock's pretty darn good. I th- again, I feel like Brock's career should have been so much better, but we just didn't have the pieces around him, coaching and player-wise, to make it better. Um, so I'm, I'm going on that notion. And see, for me, I would have taken Kelly number one. So I, I still get my number one guy. And the, okay. re- and the reason okay. why I would have taken him number one, two, two things. One, he's a winner, first of all. Yes, he is. He's, he is. He, he wins games. And two, I need somebody who's calm, who's not rattled, who, you know, if it's a one-game thing, I want him to protect the ball. And I think of this list – he protects the ball the best. Um, he does. He know. does. I, I mean, I I agree. Um, you know, and again, on on career, that's why I had Kelly number one. Because, you know, when you look at what they actually accomplished, uh, to me, it's hard to argue against Kelly. But I guess I feel like um, flexibility to do other things 
you know, if I if I need somebody to, you know, sit in the pocket and throw it 40 times, I don't think Kelly's that guy. But maybe I'm wrong. You know, I mean, he, he wasn't asked to do that, so we don't really know. Uh, I guess I'm a little, I'm a more of a traditionalistic quarterback. I guess when it comes down to it, I want the guy who can throw it a lot. And Kelly isn't really that or wasn't that. Yeah. But maybe he could have been. Who knows? I mean, like I said, I, I feel like the Kelly-Walter comparison is one of the hardest ones to make because neither one could do what the other one did. And so it really comes down to if you're picking, you know, just on the player, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the quarterback who's more of a runner and, you know, is a, not the greatest passer but effective? Or do you prefer the quarterback who is a traditional passer? I'm more of a traditionalist, I guess. I I think I have a stat that's going to blow your mind. Okay. All right. Single season attempts. Most single season attempts. Okay. Brock Osweiler? Brock Osweiler is number one of this group. 516. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Burko's number one. 531. Wow. But Osweiler's two at 516. Number three... Number three on this list is Taylor Kelly, which is hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's and that's again, you know, when you were listing where he ranks as far as yardage and touchdowns. I mean, it, he never, we never seen like that style of team with him. When you, I mean, it's funny because you know you look back on the Cutter years with Walter and you say, boy, all they did was throw it. And if you look back on the Todd Graham, Taylor Kelly years, you think, well, you know, they ran the ball well. Kelly ran it. Uh, you know, they didn't throw it all that much, but they were successful when they did. And the numbers don't back that up. They probably threw it more. So, uh, you know, so it's, it's, 2013, it's Kelly threw 484. It was the only year where he threw over 359 passes in the season. Yeah, yeah. But Walter's, I mean, Walter's biggest year was his sophomore year. He threw 483. Yeah. But yeah, he I mean, threw over 420 passes sophomore junior and senior yeah yeah i mean the difference too you know probably if you look at it and you'd have to go back and look at the team stats but you know tempo wasn't as big of a thing in college football when walter played you weren't you didn't run you know 90 95 100 plays a game so walter it seems like threw it more because we probably ran less plays we were probably running 75 plays a game. Walter was throwing it 45 times, so it was like, wow, this guy throws it all the time. Whereas, you know, in Kelly's years, we were running 90 plays a game. Kelly was throwing it 45 times, so it didn't feel like as much, but it was. I would guess. I, again, I don't know if that's true, but it, it feels like there's more of an emphasis on tempo in college football the last, you know, five to ten years than there was when Walter was playing. True. I, th- I mean, I think that's right. I just... I mean, the Chip Kellyization of, of especially the Pac-10, now 12, uh, you know, to run as many plays as possible, as fast as possible, that really wasn't an emphasis back then. I mean, I, yeah, we weren't, you know, I don't want to say with Dirk Cutter we were, a, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of team, but, you know, we, we huddled, uh, you know, and now, God, if you huddle, it's like something crazy's happened. Yeah, no kidding. So it's weird. I mean, it's, it's funny that you say that because, yeah, you – you know, my feeling, and I don't know if it's yours, you know, you look at those teams and you think, yeah, you know, they threw it okay, but, you know, they weren't a pass-first team necessarily with Taylor Kelly, whereas Dirk Cutter was definitely a pass-first team. We never ran it very successfully. 
our defense was awful. But yet, yeah, the, the numbers say Kelly was just as productive as a passer, if not more, than Walter. Yeah. So It was just different style. You know, I mean, Kelly threw a lot of, uh, you know, and again, you, you could, you'd have to break down film, but, you know, Kelly threw a lot of short passes that turned into big gains. Um, you know, Walter was more that down-the-field kind of chucker. There wasn't a lot of wide receiver screens with Walter. No. It, it was tight end up the seam, receivers... Yeah. Yeah, you know, down yeah, the field. Yeah, it was it was old school kind of passing game. You know, I mean, it was put the ball in the air, seven step drops, that type of thing. You know, there wasn't there wasn't the you know bubble screens and the halfback passes and stuff like that. You didn't, you didn't see that much. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious how many how many passes to running backs Walter threw. I bet it's a third of what many. Kelly did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. When you factor in Kelly had Marion Grice and DJ Foster, Walter never had a running back that was like that, either running the ball or catching the ball. I mean, he really did not. Like our, you know, Lauren Wade was his best running back, and of course, we all know what ended up happening with Lauren Wade. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he he did not have a lot of uh, running back talent. Now he had some good receivers. He had Derek Hagan. He had Zach Miller. I mean, you know, he had he had good players to throw the ball to, but the rest was not so good. Yeah, we solved it. I feel good. Do you? Yeah, I mean, again, it's a it's a fun debate. You know what I uh, what I guess I wish is that there was you know one guy who was like, well, clearly that guy's the best. We didn't really have that, and maybe that's how this whole thing started in my mind. Was thinking, well, who was who was the best? Then you start trying to rank them all and think, well, it's you know where do you put where do you put Manny? Where do you put Sam Keller? I mean, you know, we've got a lot that are interesting debates um and that's why i thought we'd have a good time with this so i I think it it proved accurate agreed um this is a fun one i'm making no guarantees but we might be back later to do more until next time he's matt i'm ben it's the ben matt sportscast